0: I've been skinny my whole life. Okay. And never really had to work at it. Well, um, I've been sitting on my ass like all day for the past several months and I've. I've put on weight, Brian. Oh. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you with like a a belly or anything. Yeah, that's the thing. I have a belly now, Brian. (gasps) Like not not huge, (laughs) but like definitely. A little chub, yeah. There's some chub between my skin and my (laughs) muscles. Welcome to the real world, Marshall. I know, it sucks. Well, okay, so I was describing this to a colleague and he called it the (laughs) COVID-19, like the freshman 15, and I just thought that was fucking hilarious. That's good. That's really good. Welcome to episode 357 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Black. Welcome back for another episode. Brian, no interview today.
1: Yeah, I think I kind of like this one week on, one week off pace. Mm -hmm. It's it's felt good the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, So maybe interview next week. We'll see. But, anyways, we can get back into like a normal uh, listener question mode. We got a good one today. Before we get into it, though, huge shout out to Float, our Golden Ratio supporter. Float is an easy-to-use resource management tool for planning your projects and scheduling your team's time. It lets you access your schedule from anywhere. They have a mobile app, so you can take it on the go, and it just makes resource management fast, visual, and simple. You can learn more at float.com slash design details. Thank you, Float. Thanks, Float. We also have some new very important pixels this week. Oh, yeah. All right, we got a couple good names in here. All right, shout out to Brian Kreis, Rafael Pereira, Amy Jen, Pavel
0: Smenkovich and Mia Suresh. You got it, man. There are some tough ones in there. I got to say, though, (laughs) Brian Christ, I feel like if it's not a reference to the life of Brian, it should be. Oh, wow. So
1: do you think Brian Christ is British or something? Uh, Or his parents were big fans of Monty Python?
0: Or it's a coincidence, and that's actually his name. It might be Christ, you
1: know. Oh, that's true. But the spelling would tell me it's not.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just—I've never met anybody whose last name is Christ, but I have—I have met Christs before. Anyways, I just thought that was funny. Like Brian Christ is like the life of Brian. There you go. And here you are, Brian. I'm surprised you've never seen that movie, considering it's your name.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, I feel like I started it but never finished it, so maybe it's worth a, a
0: revisit. It's British comedy. Either you're into it or you're not. You know. Yeah, I can't remember how I felt about it at the time, so.
1: Anyway, thank you all for supporting the show. Yes, thank you. And if you didn't know, Design Details is a listener-supported podcast, which means we're on Patreon, and people can support the show. And that money literally goes to making it possible for us to keep producing this every week. It takes hours and hours. We have uh, equipment and computers and software, and all this stuff costs money. So your support directly goes to helping us make this every week. And now what happens when you support? Well, you get access to a bonus segment in every episode called The Sidebar. Mm. And The Sidebar is like cool things, maybe, but like super design-specific. So we'll we'll share a, a resource or a story or something that we've been interested in. Uh, this week, we talked at length about why video ge- games just can't get rid of the heads-up display. And we get crazy deep talking about skeuomorphism and, and diegetics and immersiveness and AR and VR. And I would say... If you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed to the show, you're probably missing more than half of today's episode. We, we went <laughs> yeah. on for a little while. Um, yeah, this is the one to, to dive in on. Yeah. So if that sounds interesting, uh, go to patreon.com slash design details. It starts at just a dollar a month, and that'll get you access to the sidebar in today's episode, as well as all past sidebars and all future sidebars. So if you want complete episodes of the show,
0: that's at patreon.com slash design details. Okay, a uh, quick bit of follow-up before we get into the main topic today. Uh, so last week we interviewed Jim Ray, and he did something at the end of his, his interview that gave me an idea. So I think that in future episodes where we have an interview, we should keep the interviewee on long enough that they can say goodbye instead of me saying the goodbye at the uh-huh. end of the show. I think that I think that would be a nice addition. It's a great idea.
1: And then that will let them say goodbye however they want. Mm-hmm. uh they could put a little little flare on it, they might say it in a different language that we we don't know about, oh, uh, yeah, so many opportunities love it, cool. We'll do that for future interviews. We'll give it a try next time. Um We also got lots of tweets after Gemray's episode. A lot of people talking about uh you know product management versus product design, why not both?
0: yeah,
1: uh but it was cool to see those tweets. So if you listened last week and enjoyed Gemray's interview. Uh, be sure to tweet at him. His Twitter handle is
0: gem underscore ray. Uh, Another bit of follow-up. So a few weeks ago, we were talking about iOS 14 and uh, watchOS 7, and I mentioned the hand-washing thing, which seems like a joke. Uh, Fast forward a few weeks, and I got to say, it's actually pretty great. It's actually pretty useful. Uh, What's your opinion, Brian? I haven't used it, yeah. It's pretty great, and it's accurate, too. It knows every time I'm washing my hands, there's been one time where I washed my hands really quick. It wasn't like a, a cleanly thing. I just had like you know stuff on my hands from cooking. And it was like, hey, uh, you didn't wash your hands very long. Were you actually washing your hands or was that, was that just a rinse? And I was like, ah, oh, it's just a rinse, right? It was pretty cool that they knew to ask. But see, that's the exact kind of prompt that if it happened once, I would be annoyed enough to just turn the whole thing off. Uh, first off, I know that they're kind of in a learning phase of this. I'm trying to help teach the machine, you know what I mean? We all wash our hands a lot now and having a little tap on your wrist to, to tell you, like, hey, good job, you did a good job, and a little <laughs> pat on the back every time. So yeah, you need that little pat on the back, huh? It's nice, and they changed the UI. It's like all bubbles and stuff in uh-huh. uh, that radial progress bar. Yeah, anyways. Okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll give it a try. The, the false positives are going to be really annoying, but maybe it'll be fun. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, another bit of follow-up about iOS 14. So one of the interesting side effects of the app library being on that last screen is I have basically removed every app that I kind of don't care about actively into the app library. And only the stuff on my home screen, my one home screen, 16 apps, those are the only ones that I really care about. And, And an interesting side effect is that all of the notifications for the apps that I don't, quote, care about end up in the app library. And just when I'm ready to deal with those red badges, instead of seeing them all the fucking time, just when I have a moment to like see what the, what the damage is, I can swipe over to that screen. But until then, it's completely removed from my attention. And I only need to focus on those 16 apps that I really actually care about in that one smart stack of widgets. You know what I mean? Have you found something similar?
1: Out of sight, out of mind, yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I have any... Messages is the only app on my home screen that is allowed to badge. Yeah. But yeah, out of sight, out of mind, peace of mind. Fully support this decision. That's great.
0: Yeah, really really interesting side effect. I don't think that was the intention of the feature. I think the feature is trying to do something else, but this is just a cool thing that happened at the same time. Totally.
1: Okay, last tiny bit of follow-up. So friend of the pod, Vicky Tan, at Vicky Hart on Twitter, is working on design for the podcast feature at Spotify. Yeah. And Vicky tweeted out this week, Happy Friday to my podcast listening pals. Be brutally honest. What's your biggest pet peeve about listening to podcasts on Spotify? And we replied. Uh, Marshall, you you replied from the Design Details account saying, uh, lack of show notes and lack of chapter
0: support were our biggest pet peeves. I didn't say it like that. I said, we'd love to see those <laughs> two <laughs> yes, things. Yes. It was delivered it very kindly. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, anyways, so
1: I guess this is like a minor PSA. If you use Spotify for podcasts and you want to get your feedback straight into the eyeballs of a designer working there, I will have a link in the show notes, but Vicky Hart on Twitter, V I C K I Hart
0: is Vicky Tan friend of the pod and she's looking for feedback. So send it over. Yeah. They were working on it actively, which which we knew. And it's kind of cool to see a public query go out like this.
1: I'm a big fan of transparent product development, especially big companies that are historically like, oh, we have to be like Apple and keep everything a secret. And I think actually (laughs) Twitter's kind of been doing a good job of this lately where they will tweet prototypes and especially their PMs will tweet prototypes or demos and stuff like that. Mm and honestly i find it quite refreshing i think it that we should have transparency into some of these features that are getting built and also like not that the feedback on twitter is necessarily the gold standard of of user research feedback but it is kind of a nice like quick way to take the temperature of, of a particular audience um mm-hmm. it's going to be skewed and highly flawed you got to counterbalance it especially if you're asking designers for feedback but uh I I think more people should do it, and it's cool to see Vicky doing this, I guess, on behalf of Spotify or just uh, at least opening those doors for feedback. I think that's cool. Totally. All right, Marshall, let's dig into today's listener question. Not really a listener question, more like a listener prompt. Uh, I don't know how long we're going to be able to talk about this, so (laughs) healthy reminder that, you know, maybe people who have access to the sidebar are getting a more interesting episode today. But (laughs) Sorry. uh, (laughs) So today... Fabio Giolito asked us on our our GitHub issues, he says, GPT-3 and the future of design and technology. How do we not talk about GPT-3? Hot takes only. So (laughs) Marshall, I sent you this and you asked, what's GPT-3? Mm -hmm. And I sent you some links to to read and and some tweets of people who are doing interesting things with this. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to hear your gut reaction
0: and maybe lead with like what you understand GPT-3 to be? So I, I actually had heard of this. I, I'd seen the last tweet you sent with the, the the messages example of talking to Elon Musk and Drake and stuff. So I was aware of that. I didn't know that it could be used in other ways, like that designer plugin. But uh, yeah, okay, so how do I understand this? Um, it's a natural language interpreter that can spit out basically turing ready responses um like it, it seems to pass the turing test for the most part and sound almost um idiolectic i don't know is that a word like it, you know drake sound drake talks like drake kanye west talks like kanye west Uh-huh. i, I could be convinced that like yeah uh, kanye west would end a conversation just by saying west you know <laughs> west out yeah uh
1: I, th- I think that's right. It's, it's a text-in, text-out sort of AI machine learning neural network program created by a company called OpenAI. And it's GPT-3 indicating that it's the third generation of this. And big numbers sound big, but it said GPT-3 has 175 billion parameters that it considers that or it optimizes around while it's training compared to like less than 2 billion for GPT-2. So lots of billions of parameters. No clue what the fuck that means. All I know (laughs) is like lots of text. But here's the interesting thing is it's purely text in, text out. But what people have discovered is you can fidget with like what we think of as just pure text. Like what if you could ask for computer code back like html is text json is text swift is text right it just happens to be formatted and written in a very precise sequence so that it can perform functions and compile and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so what i found most interesting is uh jordan singer who is on twitter and has been kind of like pushing this swift ui for designers community for the last few weeks it's been really cool apparently he got access to gpt3 and has sort of rigged up a Figma plugin where you can type in text, for example, you know, give me a circle that is red and 500 pixels wide, and GPT-3 can interpret that and return JSON, which then the plugin interprets and draws to the canvas. But it gets more interesting than that because I don't know exactly how in the hell this example works, but... Jordan shared an example where you can type in a URL and a description of what you want a website to be like. So for example, he did an example where he typed in apple.com, but for Twitter. (laughs) And the resulting design is like an Apple style, top navigation, hero cover photo, like nice hero text, very Apple style, but it's for Twitter, the product. And it's Again, I don't know how this is how dynamic this could be, but as a proof of concept, I find this to be fascinating. I don't know if I find it to be practical or particularly like interesting for day to day use now, but there's something here, right? Like you describe what you want and the computer figures out the rest. This is like declarative programming, and this is why React is so popular and Swift UI is so popular. You just say, like, give me a nav bar, and the computer figures out how to draw a nav bar on the screen that knows all the properties and, and behaviors of a nav bar, and you don't have to fiddle with all the bullshit. You just say, give me a nav bar. So in this case, you could say, you know, I want my website to look like this or say these things or talk about a product in this way, and in
0: theory, the AI could generate that, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so this is my nightmare, Brian. Like this is what truck drivers are going through right now, uh, mm-hmm. which is basically that the idea that automation could replace your mode of money making and the expertise that you've spent a lifetime amassing, right? So, yeah, this this is scary to me that like potentially there could be a shift in the Zeitgeist uh, among especially small companies of saying like Oh, why? Why do we need to hire a designer or a copywriter? Like we'll just say what we want, and the computer will give it back to us. That's terrifying. Partly selfishly, but also because, like, will it be good though? You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, will it? Yeah. If it is good, the, the the more likely I'm out of a job. You know. Yeah, and here's the thing:
1: I, I feel like there's two things going on in my head that are sort of complementary. The first is historically when new technologies arise that sort of look like toys or they look like, oh, that could never be a serious thing, uh, the technology wins. Like I think, you know, you look at just how far very common things today have advanced, like airplanes 100 years ago to today, miles and miles and miles apart, like leaps and bounds of innovation and technology have made them fucking insane compared to that first prototype. So if we're looking at early prototypes of AI that can interpret text and return website code. Yeah, maybe it's all contrived right now, but we are witnessing the beginning of something. So I, I'm i tempted to bet on the technology and say, if we continue innovating here, a lot of shit's going to get automatable. However, I find that to be a little bit in tension with where I actually think this is useful, which in my opinion is less about replacing a designer and more about just augmenting the way that we work. Like, There's no, uh, the main value, at least in product design that comes to the table, like, yeah, there's some value in designing pretty pixels and there's some value in developing clear interfaces, but a lot of the value is just problem solving, like identifying that people in the world have a problem with X. We can talk to them and figure out ways to address it using this set of tools and, and technologies. My hunch is that we will end up being much more complimentary or like symbiotic or synergistic, like the humans can solve the more interesting problem-solving part and then maybe some of the the UI details or the UI scaffolding gets handed off to the computer. Like it's not a great use of our time to draw boxes if the computer can draw those boxes and then maybe we tidy them up a bit or like add our visual style. I'm not sure. But like mm-hmm. that seems to be the more promising direction, uh, like mixing creativity with with the computational automation and just brute force like drawing shit on a screen right
0: yeah and i I think that's where the happy medium ground is where it's like okay you the computer you you give me a bunch of clay and then i'll mold it right like Mm -hmm. but uh, i kind of want this type of clay and i want it to start in this kind of general shape and then I'll, i'll tweak it from there i feel happy about that like i'm cool with that i do i look at the like generation of marketing
1: websites and marketing copy and that shit does scare me and it does make you think like there might be certain parts of design that get wholesale replaced by tools like this yep and so i think it's worth keeping an eye on i don't think anybody looking at these examples and being like ah that's just a contrived like silly playground i think we should watch this seriously and like figure out among our our skill set as generalists product designers like certain of our skills are going to become less and less relevant over time and some of them might become more and more relevant and more valuable and just keeping an eye on which ones those are and like trying to stay ahead and on the the leading edge so that computers aren't totally gonna just take over what you've decided that was most important and been wrong about like make sure you're focusing on things that computers can't replace in the near future in your lifetime is my
0: advice uh, here, here's a, a quick example of that. The word computer used to refer to a person. Oh. You remember that? Have you seen that uh, Hidden Figures movie? Like I have Those, not. those ladies, their, their role was computer. They were those who compute. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and here we now are. you don't call a human a computer anymore. <laughs> so,
1: Marshall, hot take, GPT-3, uh, well, first, is this something you want to play with? Are you nervous? Well, you kind of mention you're you're a little nervous, but like, what are you going to do to to combat the eventual takeover from our AI overlords? <laughs> um,
0: T shaped, Brian. I'm T shaped. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think hopefully the future that I'd be cool with is that this is an accelerator. This is a this is a boost to our existing work, but there will always be the need for the human eye to really look and see like, eh, that's not quite right. Right. And we're kind of seeing this with like, at least in this early, early phase of a lot of these things that are kind of scary, like deep fakes, right? Like those aren't very good yet. They're better than you would expect them to be, but the human eye, you can still be like, eh, that's kind of fucked up. Like that, that, that part's wrong right there. And mm-hmm, the computer has mm-hmm. no idea. Right. So I, th- I think w- hopefully we'll still need that always of the human eye of going like, uh, eh, I could see why it, the computer thought that this would be the right thing to do, but we know better.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. But it's progressing fast. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, luckily it's more in a way, like like you don't really need the human touch on uh, driving on highways necessarily. Like definitely when you get to like low speed but high traffic areas like in a city, like that's kind of when you would want a human behind the wheel more.
1: No, no I mean, that's the same thing with self-driving trucks, right? Is like, the easy part is getting a truck from New York to San Francisco. The hard part is getting it from South San Francisco to your home address and parallel parking it on a busy residential sidewalk and unloading the thing,
0: right? Like exactly. It's yep. the
1: last mile that's the hardest. And mm-hmm. then, then you get into like, okay, well, how are computers going to synergize with other computers? And you look at like, okay, well, maybe the... The self-driving truck goes to an automated warehouse that gets handed off to automated drones. And then the drones do the last mile. Who knows? Anyways, it's fascinating. We'll have a bunch of links in the show notes for people. We have like a sort of overview of GPT-3 and and what OpenAI is working on. And then we'll link to a bunch of Jordan's tweets because Jordan Singer seems to be doing the most compelling like (laughs) design-specific applications of this technology. So links in the show notes. Mm -hmm. All right. Should we wrap? Yeah, let's uh, let's do a cool thing. You got a cool thing for me, Brian? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool things. I'll do this one quick. Marshall, I like taking notes, but I hate note-taking apps. Mm-hmm. And the key reason that I don't like them is because you're forced into a directory file, hierarchical tree structure, right? Like... If you wanted to write a note about a book, but the book contained lots of ideas about different topics, like where do you put that note? Do you create a folder called book notes or do you create a folder for each topic listed in the book? And then how do you navigate between those things? It's just a pain in the ass. And like this has been the biggest or the worst part of note taking apps in my experience so far is they're all just based on this sort of outdated idea of everything has to fit neatly within a folder structure. And so there's people that have been working on fixing this for a long time, and I've been really slow on the uptake. But one of the tools that is working to fix this is called Roam Research. A hat tip to Cole Bemis, who's a designer at GitHub, who kind of nudged me to finally give it a try. But Roam Research is basically a hierarchy-free note-taking app. And the way it can do that is it has a feature called bidirectional linking, where at any time you can highlight words or a phrase or a name, put double brackets around it, and it will automatically sort of create a link to create a page or or a resource for that thing that you've linked. So this would be really useful, for example, in this this book scenario, right? Like you might have a note uh, for the book, but within the book, uh, you could take a bunch of snippet notes for a given idea. Like let's say there's a, a topic in the book about energy and a topic about agriculture. You could make each of those a link that now automatically has its own page. So if you go to the page for agriculture, you can type up notes specific to agriculture, but at the footer of the note, it'll remind you, hey, this was linked to from this page about the book you were reading. So you have this sort of graph-like structure between all of your notes, which makes navigation really interesting. And the main benefit is you link ideas in a in a much more natural human way. Like humans don't organize their thoughts in Files and folders, like we organize them as graphs of ideas and like mm-hmm. webs and networks of different topics and things and people. And so there are lots of tools, but the one I'm playing with right now is called Rome Research. You have to pay for it; it's fifteen bucks a month, oh. so it's very expensive. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it yeah. because of that. But there's some open source alternatives, and then there's people who are making VS Code extensions. So you can just do it entirely with Markdown files uh, on your local machine. But anyways, I, I find this method of note taking to be really compelling and, and interesting.
0: So that's my cool thing. Cool. I'm always on the search for a better note taking app. So but fifteen bucks a month sounds kind of ridiculous for that. Anyways. Yeah. I can send you some some alternatives. Or we'll have links to alternatives in the show notes for people who are interested. Cool. Uh okay, so that's a cool thing, Brian. My cool thing, just real quick, because I know we're short on time, is I have a new role at YouTube. So hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> yeah. So um nice you know, I probably mention it uh, sideways every once in a while, but I I work at YouTube. Brian works at GitHub. Neither of us speak for our employers. We're speaking for ourselves. But you know, I I still am very excited about my job. I really like my job. And and up until recently, I was the design lead for YouTube gaming and the paid digital goods, which is like buying super chats and stuff. Anyways, uh, I'm no longer doing that. I, I took on a new role. And I'm working on how we all use Figma and how YouTube material works. It's a super interesting job. I'm stoked to show up to work every day. Not that I wasn't before, but especially now. And uh, yeah, so that's a thing that happened. And I'm very excited. Well, that's exciting. Congratulations, dude. Thanks, buddy. Hey. Hey. All right. Well, let's
1: wrap up. Uh, This has been episode 357 of the Design Details Podcast. Uh, half of it was in today's sidebar. Uh, (laughs) If you're interested in supporting the show, you can go to patreon.com slash design details. That gets you access to a supporter only segment in every episode called the sidebar. Today we talked about game design and that heads up display. It was a very fun conversation Uh, and it's just a dollar a month. So what are you waiting for? Patreon.com slash design details. If you need more podcasts for your ears, go to spec.fm. That is our podcast network for designers and developers. Just, just like, like you. you and of course shout out to uh, fabio for asking today's question about gpt3 if you have your own thoughts about the implications of ai on product design we'd love to hear them you can tweet it at us or at design details fm on twitter and we would love to hear from you otherwise we will see you next
0: week goodbye Bye. Goodbye. It's my robot voice. Love it. Goodbye. <laughs> do do like um can you do like the Mac goodbye one? Oh. I did that a couple of weeks ago, I feel like.
1: Oh. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> There's like one where the robot's kind of struggling.
0: <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. One of those is okay. That that got very close to Bane you know what as as we're talking
1: about this i feel like we've had this exact same conversation I, where I feel like yeah, you covered yeah. your mouse in the same way mm-hmm. and i was like oh it mm-hmm. sounds like bane mm-hmm. and then you said bane that's my name <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 okay uh